welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is matt dabara from dabara masonry welcome matt thank you thanks for having me Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Little bit about Matt. Matt, owner of Dibara Masonry, poured his first bag of concrete at age nine. He's been on over 4,500 appointments, and he knows exactly what to look for when hiring a contractor. Dibara Masonry is a fourth-generation construction company. They placed second in the country in a bricklaying competition, and they set the standard for ethical and transparent contracting. With that, Matt, would you like to add anything to your background? Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's a lot of where I was. You know, my big passion now is to create confident homeowners and confident real estate investors through through hiring the right contractors, avoiding scams and saving, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. That's my passion and and goals, you know, now that the business is kind of, you know, set sail, so to speak. Awesome. And how did you get into real estate and construction side, Matt? So, my family actually has always been into real estate. My great-grandfathers came here from Italy and the first thing they did was bought land and built their own multifamily from the ground up. So, we've always had a unique balance of real estate and construction, you know, which date back which dates back over 102 years. Cool. And why construction side? You know, the construction side for us, I mean, we always, I mean, you know, my dad, grandfather, great-grandfathers, they always owned, bought and sold real estate, rented out, you know, multi-families, apartments. But I think for us the construction was more of a a passion, it was a way to, you know, demonstrate our art and we come from a a line of contractors, masonry and concrete primarily, but really did everything and and working with our hands and I th- I think it was a way for us to display, you know, almost like an art. It was it was a passion thing for us. cool and so what markets you are focusing and where exactly you are located and what kind of services your company providing Yeah, so I'm here in Los Angeles, Debara Masonry. We do masonry and concrete. We're in residential and we do commercial work, so anything typically exterior, walkways, driveways, patios, most of the beautiful stuff you see outside, uh, we do. Also the decorative parts of houses. That's the masonry company and then my new venture, the Undercover Contractor, which is the book, you know, how to find vet hire and manage contractors. My focus is really showing what I've learned being in construction so long. I think it's a unique pers- perspective that can really benefit a lot of people both investing in real estate and those who own homes. So that's kind of the 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 new thing that I'm really really trying to help as many people as I can. Cool. And you're coming to focusing on new construction or renovations? A lot of renovations. I think, you know, the, the new construction has its place, but I find that the new construction you typically have an architect involved, you have an engineer. You know, there's definitely corners that are cut and things that need to be measured and managed better, but the the wild west is home renovations, home improvements. You know, I see it with the, my investor side with, you know, clients and friends and then I also see it with homeowners. It's when you go to renovate a room or or add to the exterior or fix something that's not working or broken, you know, like rotted uh, framing from stucco things like that it's you really need to understand what you're doing to get the best end result so what are the typical challenges you would face during these services and how do you overcome them matt 
Yeah, no, my my favorite thing to talk about. And, and also a great question. You know, there's a lot of things that I cover in the book. You know, I like to give quick tangible things that, that we can take and use right now. One of the best ones, I think, is we live in a society where everything's online and we rely heavily on reviews, but not all reviews are created equally. And what I mean by this is a lot of companies, what, what they tend to do typically is offer lots of different services because they think by saying, oh, I do, you know, interior work, exterior work, a long list, a long menu, if you will, you know, that they'll get more work. The issue with this is that not all companies are doing the same services the same amount of times per year. What I mean by that is you might have a carpentry company that really does more, let's say garages, they renovate or build garages, right? They do that 80% of the year, but they also do bathrooms. They do bathroom remodelings. So what I find is I find a lot of, you know, in the investment space and then also homeowners is they'll look online and they'll say, oh, this company has a 4.8 star review. But if you don't take the time to read the reviews and make sure that they match your service, you might hire a company that did one bathroom remodel that year, but did a hundred garages. And if you have a bathroom, it might not make sense. And what I mean by that, another way to think about it is it's like going to a restaurant and ordering a dish. And that dish was only made one time throughout the year. And you're the second person that's going to have that dish. You really don't typically want that for a lot of reasons. You want the dish that's made three, four, 10 times a day, multiple times per week, right? Because it shows experience, validation, it's repetition. So really taking the time to look at the reviews and making sure that not just the company has great reviews, but that they're reviewed on the service that you're going to get done is really important. Yeah, awesome. And thanks for sharing those examples also. And so true also. Yep. And how do you find help in business with the highest risk of misrepresentation? Yeah, that's a, a lot of, I mean, that's literally what inspired me to write the book. It's tricky. I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's not easy and it's getting harder every year as really good contractors that are baby boomers in their late fifties, early sixties are retiring. I mean, your, your skilled contractor pool is getting smaller and smaller and smaller by the year. So it's only going to get harder. That's the first thing to know in terms of how you find them. You know, like I said, the reviews is, is one trick. Another trick that I like to use, although a little bit counterintuitive, um, and I cover this in the book is let's say, for example, you want to renovate, you know, you buy a multifamily and you're like, look, I got to do, I got to renovate all the living rooms, you know, all the living rooms, you know, on these units are, are not where they need to be. What you can do is instead of going online and typing in, you know, general contractor, living room specialist, right? Or whatever you might type. One thing you can do is you can ask yourself, do I have any good contractors that I already work with? Now that can be a plumber, an electrician, a masonry contractor, because what I find is contractors, especially in this day and age, we kind of have little bubbles, right? Little kind of circles that we work with within. So as silly or as crazy as it might seem, you can actually, let's take, for example, you've had a plumber that you've worked with for many years and you really like that plumber, you can call them up and say, hey, uh, do you have a good general contractor that you work with on other projects or that you know, you've know you seen that does living room renovations? Because typically like attracts like in the construction space. So you, while you might not think asking a plumber who does drain cleaning for a general contractor recommendation makes sense, typically it actually does. I mean, I'm a conduit for a lot of good contractors that are completely outside of what Tabara Masonry does every day. I mean, I know window contractors, door, I mean, you name it, I know them. And it's because like attracts like, and we do things the same way. So that's a really hot tip that I think, you know, the audience can use right away is use your existing network that you have to find good people. 
Yeah, so true. And thanks for sharing that. And how to avoid the scams and pitfalls of hiring a contractor? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can do, but you know, to pack it down into a few key things, you know, the the biggest issues I see is, you know, a clear schedule, I think is important. A lot of contractors, you know, they take advantage of the fact that they don't put schedules in. So having a very clear schedule, one of the best tricks that I like to use and I talk about more in the book is to basically take your contract or your scope and have somebody, a friend, a family member, a coworker, read it, and then explain back to you what they think is going to get done. And the reason I like this exercise is because you can then see what areas you might not have included in the agreement um, or things that need to be elaborated on. Because if somebody doesn't know the the point of a, a scope is to be able to read it and understand the project, even though you haven't seen it, right? Because ultimately, if you end up in court, that scope and what you have in that agreement is really what matters. So I encourage, especially in the, you know, in the investment space where, where dollar values might be higher and there's more at risk is to have somebody that is not necessarily a construction expert, read the scope and then say, okay, based on this, explain to me what you think is getting done. And you'll, you'll see things that would amaze you. They'll be like, well, you know, I get that they're, they're building a new garage and you're like, no, no, this is a renovation. Okay. That's, I need to note that because you know, that that's obviously not clear or they'll be like, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, ripping out everything out of all the rooms. And it's like, well, no, he was supposed to leave the toilets and, you know, strip it down to the studs. So you can expose areas in the agreement that aren't clear um, just by using that simple process. Cool. Yeah. And those are great points. And how do you control, like once you hire a contractor, how do you control all the activities and, you know, budget, all the stuff? Yeah. So we break it down right in the book. I broke it down into there's four key parts to any contracting relationship. You have to find them. You have to vet them, meaning, you know, put out the ones that you don't want and select the one you want. You have to hire them, which means sign the agreement, negotiate and sign. And then you need to manage them. So you're talking about the management side. I like to use what I call the North Star approach in the book. And what I mean by that is we want to create a North Star. And what that looks like is it's kind of a silly name, but what it means is you want to have something that you can point to and say, here, this is what we agreed on, we're moving off of that, that goal or that objective. So here's an example. The North Star approach in the book covers what you want to include as a project schedule and why you want a clearly defined project schedule with rough benchmarks, timelines in your contract. Because instead of trying to, you know, manage a contractor and saying, well, you know, your foreman told me you were going to be done in a month and you're, you know, this is a month and a half. And we're like, if you don't have anything to point to, you're already at a disadvantage. So the North Star approach is, is kind of came from me being like, if we could both look up in the sky and point our fingers at the same thing, then we're doing well. So I create a checklist that basically what it does is it gives you all of these things that you need to put in your contract so that instead of getting upset, you say, Hey, I just want to talk with you. We're two weeks into a a, a six week project, but so we should be a third done, but we're only 10% done. Here's the schedule. What what are we going to do to fix this? And so you can measure it earlier on so that you're not finding out, you know, a lot of, a lot of, especially on the, on the investment side, property improvements. I mean, gosh, when I get called in to help, it's like things are way out of whack. I mean, there's like the wrong materials are on the job, the the jobs, you know, a month and a half over schedule and they're, they're only 20% like, so I want to avoid all that by putting the right things in the contract. Yeah, cool. Great points again. So how to ensure that your contractor is incentivized to finish your project on time and do it well? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, you know, typically that comes from hiring the right contractor. 
and setting the right, you know, the right elements in the contract and having a good, you know, a good, good relationship. I think especially in the investment side, and this is something that I bring that I think is unique is that, you know, there's a lot of not so great clients on the investment side, you know, the home improvement for essentially for revenue, right? I think the industry, there's a lot of people, not, not everybody, of course, there's a lot of great ones, but there's definitely people that I think try and make up a bad investment by trying to beat up the contractor. And so I teach one of the things I cover is how to make you as an investor look like an ideal client for a contractor. Because like you said, to get that deadline done, you know, you really need that contractor to like you, to want to work with you and to kind of be swimming down the same river at the same speed. And what that looks like, it's, you know, you having a good rapport and relationship and saying, Hey, you know, I really need you to push a little bit harder on this. What can you do? Because at that point, you're really relying on does this person like me? Do I have the right things in my contract? You know, I give some tricks in in the book. But you know, one of them is is not to put a really, really rigid schedule together and leave the contractor a little bit of wiggle room. So, you know, a few days or because sometimes in the investment space, when our clients are really, really rigid, sometimes it can intimidate the contractor and they're like, man, I don't know if I want to take this job or this seems like high risk. You know, it can put them on their back foot when really what you want to do is you want to create an open relationship. So I I go over some ways you can do that. Cool. And how do you get these projects, Matt? So a lot of our stuff is is word of mouth at this point. You know, I mean, in, in this space in Los Angeles, I think we're pretty well known. So, you know, I if you're in the investment space and you're doing things that you need to last, you know, or hold up, I mean, we're typically the people you call. I mean, if you're looking for a quick fix or something that, you know, six months you're going to sell the home, most of the people that know us don't even call us for that. But I would say it's word of mouth and a, and a solid reputation of, you know, doing all the things that you want done on your end, right? Like I work with the investors to figure out, you know, what's our goal? How long do we want to own this for? You know, things like that. And so we really try and work with them so that we're achieving the same goals. So what are your typical deals size wise and duration wise and dollar wise? For our projects? Yes. To borrow mainstream, I mean, gosh, we do everything from, you know, we'll do a small project that's, you know, two, three hours, go fix a few bricks all the way up to something where we could be there for six months, you know, doing a, a multifamily from the ground up, digging and doing the underground parking structure, footings, all the exterior site work, drainage. I mean, you know, it, it varies quite a bit in our world. So it could be four hours to six months. Cool. Yep. And would you share any of your best and worst experiences in construction side? Best and worst experiences. I love it. You know, I think the the best experiences are the ones that don't stick out too much. And what I mean by that is just everything's working the way it should, right? It's, you know, everyone's showing up on time and it's, it's just a well-oiled machine. It feels effortless. I mean, those are, believe it or not, those are typically the best experiences. And where everyone's saying hi and joking around and, you know, it's exciting. You've got, you know, the general contractor and the, you know, owner's rep and, and the investors there and everyone's just happy and it's exciting, which is how it should be and why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want to see more of that because I don't frankly think that there's a lot of research that shows that, that this is not, you know, that things are moving away from that. If you look at the number of, of complaints nationally against contractors, it's, it's just crazy. But so, you know, best experiences are ones that just move along and feel just 
effortless. Worst experiences, <laughs> simply put, I mean, you've, you've got people that aren't on the job, you've got plans that done right, and, and you've got massive delays. I mean, we've we've had projects like that. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of projects where we come in and it's just, it's not managed well. And, you know, it's just, an, it's a nightmare. You know, you've got, you show up with the delivery and you've got a team of people trying to hit a deadline and, and you can't even access the site because you've got plumber digging his, you know, sewage lines and it, he was supposed to come in you know, four weeks after you and nobody told you. And so it's just chaos. You know, you got people leaving and the site upset and, you know, well, all the things you don't want to see. Yeah. Thanks for sharing both the experiences. And what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Matt? You know, my current focus is right now, you know, I grew up in construction, right? My family's been doing this for four generations. And I've seen it, like I said, we own property and multifamily. So I've seen it from the what I call the real estate side. And I've seen it from the homeowner perspective and I've seen it from the contractor perspective because I am one. So, you know, my goal, what I'm focusing on, I've created this system called the confident homeowner system, right? And that's universal, right? Because if you're an investor, you still own the home or own the property. So it covers them too. And it's my goal is to bring back the joys of contracting and improvements that I saw as a kid. I want this to be something we enjoy because you know these homes they're going to be here for many many years and it doesn't have to be a negative or tense experience so that's that's my focus now is how do i add value to this industry where i think we could get everybody on the same page cool and thank you so any one advice that impacted you matt yeah i think you know one of the the biggest things that i i realized that i had done early on in my career you know in in real estate and construction and just across everything that i was doing personally and professionally was, was I wasn't thinking big enough. I wasn't really understanding how big and wide things could go. And, and that's the advice I give everybody is to really think big and not limit yourself to, you know, actions are done in small steps. Thoughts can be done in big, big steps, right. Or, or big swaths of thinking, essentially, you know, that cost me, like I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, for example, writing this book, creating the coffin, a homeowner system, the podcast is coming out in two months. I wouldn't be doing any of that if I weren't thinking about an entire industry, about home improvement across the entire country. So I think, you know, thinking big with wherever you're heading and whatever you want to do is crucial. Yep. Cool. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? You know, I really like the the one thing by Gary Keller fits. I think, you know, in this space, a lot of us know, you know, may have crossed paths or know, know who, who that is. Um, and, and I think that that book really, one of the things that I took away from that, that we can all probably relate to and, and benefit from is this concept of, he talks about counterbalance and he says that balance doesn't really exist. And he talks about counterbalance. And what that means is instead of saying, okay, I have all of these things in life. I have my, you know, my personal, let's say health. I have my family, my relationships, my business. Instead of trying to get them all to be equal or balanced, he basically says in the book that we live in a world of counterbalance. And what that means is focusing heavily on one of those areas and then shifting or pivoting and then focus heavily on another area because balance doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in nature, or at least that's his argument, whether or not you agree. But uh, and so this this concept of counterbalance has, I think, helped me a lot in business and in my personal life, knowing the one thing that I'm focusing on at any given moment. Cool. Yeah. And would you share more about your book, Matt? Yeah. So it's, it's the, uh, the book it's coming out in about a month and a half, two months. It's called the undercover contractor. 
uh, how to find vet, hire and manage contractors. And I, I think it's, you know, my goal is to have this book in front of every homeowner and uh, anybody in the real estate investment space, because, you know, I want to restore confidence in the industry. That's why I created in the book, the confident homeowner system. You know, I'm doing this, you know, for the problems I see in the industry. And I, I genuinely put everything that I've learned, you know, having been in construction in my family for over 102 years, all those tips, tricks, secrets, what to look out for. You know, I just put them all out there so that more people can benefit just instead of the people that know me and call me and text me and say, Hey Matt, what do I do here? I just want to put that all in a book and say, here, now anybody in America, you know, can have this information and benefit from it. And good luck that Matt. Thank you. How are you giving back to community? Gosh, I mean, you know, I think for me, writing the book was a big part of that. It wasn't, it's very much a passion project of mine, right? It's something that's close to my heart because it's really my great grandfathers when they came from Italy to America, it was the two things they did. I mean, they built multifamilies and they did construction and they did it because they loved it. And so in looking at what I was passionate about and then seeing the number of scams and people being taken advantage of, you know, I was like, I could really offer a lot of value and save contractors and save homeowners and investors tens of thousands of dollars and just make it easier, make it fun, make it less stressful. That's actually funny you asked that question because that's how it all started was I felt like as the business has grown and continuing to grow, what can I do now that I am in the stage where I can really focus on giving back? And that, that's really how this whole book evolved. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. So how can listeners can connect with you, Matt? Yeah. I mean, you know, the website, www.theundercovercontractor.com is great. We've got, you know, YouTube series and the book, you know, is pre pre-order list there, but uh, yeah. And there's information to contact me, my email address, Matt at the undercovercontractor.com. Great email address and anything I can do to help. I love this industry. I love what you're doing. I think, you know, I love real estate and improvements for revenue and profit. And I love it for just homeowners who, who want to beautify their homes. So yeah, I think it's special what you're doing here. Yep. That's great. And thank you, Matt. I really enjoyed the conversation. No worries, Rama. Thank you. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.